Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Hey everybody, today I'm here with Chris Goldman, Biz Marketing's Story Brand Certified Guide. Hey Chris. Yep, hello. It's good to talk to everybody today about a topic that's really important, surveys. Exactly, yeah, customer surveys. So today I wanted to explore how to use customer surveys to um, benefit your business, especially as it relates to the type of marketing you're doing and the customer service that you're providing. So we've got probably about five or six different main topics I want to cover. Um, first of all, I just want to talk about purpose. Yeah, so the purpose of a survey is really, in my mind, threefold. You're wanting to know what people want, uh, what people experienced, or what people expect. So maybe you're reaching out to current customers or clients or future customers, and you're wanting to know what they really want. You're trying to hone in so you can meet their needs. That's one aspect. Mm -hmm. Another one, though, is post an interaction. You want to know what they experienced with your right. people, with your services, with your products. And then the third one is a little bit different, uh, and I want to clarify it. Okay. Uh, what are people's expectations? That's different than what they want. Expectations are everything. Mm -hmm. If you deliver a great product, but they expected something more, or you delivered a great experience, but they expected something more, then they leave disappointed. So mm -hmm. by finding out their expectations, it helps you land, if you will, mm -hmm. right where they are. Right, right. One, one point of clarification I'd like to make as well is when we're talking about surveys, uh, we're not talking about um, feedback or uh, reviews. So feedback, uh, customer feedback is more of a, you know, were you happy with your last experience? Yes or no. And then, uh, you know, then we are encouraging clients who are happy to leave a review online. So we're not really talking about online reviews, which is a whole different topic. We've covered that earlier. Um, so this is how to use customer surveys or surveys in general, generally we're talking about a customer survey, but we could also be talking about a member of an organization, for example. Yes. So, I mean, I know, Chris, you have some experience in that space. Yeah, especially right now. I mean, right now with the world and COVID uh, guidelines and things going around, yeah. we're constantly surveying people to find out, did you feel safe? Was mm -hmm. your experience a good experience? Or the opposite. We're wanting you to come. We're wanting you to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of things will you expect in order for us to be able to have you feel safe when you do come? Right. So finding those kind of that kind of information out that is very different than a review, because you're seeking pointed information. That's kind of the purpose of it. Right. Yeah. To get to to peel the onion a little bit and get down a little deeper. Now, one other point of clarification here: uh, we're talking about. Uh, organizations that are probably going to be um, surveying, you know, no more than, you know, three or four thousand people. But we're not talking about, you know, from the pure marketing sense, the scientifically 
uh, vetted survey that is going to give you a plus or minus 3% error factor. <laughs> it's an election year while we're talking. Yes. So we're seeing a lot of those. That's not this. This is talking about a typical business owner, uh, somebody wanting to find out valuable information yeah. about their customers' thoughts. What's kind of rolling around their head? And the benefit of it, I want to talk a little bit about benefit here, Yeah, is it's not as elevated as a direct call and conversation. Right. 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 So, and, and by the way, that eats up tons of time. If you're going to call a hundred customers yeah. and interview them, that's one thing, but it also elevates it. The gravity of that is higher. Right. A survey, basic survey is pretty easy for people if you do it right to give feedback without feeling any kind of threat or any kind of, you know, this is a big deal. Right. Yeah. I'll give you my information. Right. And, and, and in that uh, vein as well, um, probably over the last, I'd say seven to 10 years, we've become, most of us become used to getting these types of requests for organizations that we really care about, right? If it's, if it's, you know, something that you don't care about, you may have received one and you didn't, you just ignored it completely. But if it's, if it's a service or a company or a brand that you care about, then you're more likely to take part. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a frequent flyer for Alaska Airlines, loyal okay. customer. And when they send me a survey, I usually fill it out, and there's a few reasons uh, I do that. One is I care about the brand. Yeah. Secondly, I know they're asking for valuable information for them because they have responded when I've given them certain feedback that especially yeah. wasn't what they were hoping for. Okay. But the other thing is I know their methodologies mm-hmm. are going to work for my experience. Right. Uh, because everybody knows right. what it's like to get into a survey, and halfway through it, you're like, how long is this going to take? Right. Yeah. Right. That's that's for certain. So for sake of uh, the conversation today, I think we should focus on the uh, existing customers of an organization or previous customers or members of, a, of, a, of an organization, for example, a church. Um, so we're talking about people who are recently uh, attended, uh, recently uh, used a service, or are part of an ongoing organization or are ongoing customers in a service. So that's really yeah. what we're talking about. Um, so the methodologies, I mean, these days, the methodologies for this type of thing, there's really two ways you can do it. Online, uh, you can use Google Survey, which is part of the Google Suite. Yep, it's makes it super free. easy. Um, and... Or you could use something like SurveyMonkey. Yep, very common. Very yeah, professional. I'm, I'm not as keen on SurveyMonkey because um, I think they're trying to get you to do other services and things like that. Whereas the Google um, Google Surveys is very straightforward. It's just you put some questions in, and then it turns into a spreadsheet as people fill them out, and so it's uh, and it's got good security as well. And some of you listening today may have already in your uh, system a yeah. database structure or something that you'll find works better with certain survey products. You want to make sure and check that uh, because if you can eliminate a step importing that data yeah. and those answers straight into your database, for example, uh, it just saves time. So you right. want to do a little bit of work. But Google is a great one because, again, free. It is there, and they're constantly improving what they do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the other 
things that I did want to touch on as we go into questions, because I think this is really the core, is mm-hmm. what are you going to ask folks, right? right? Um, is the benefit of conducting these types of surveys over time. Yes. So you can see trends over time. And I recently uh, saw some trends in some data that Philip Stutz had put out with WinBig Media, where they're doing monthly sort of COVID-19 consumer surveys. They're correlating it with a lot of uh, purchase data and things like that. And um, some of the data, they're just doing on a monthly basis. I'm not recommending that at all for most businesses. But in this particular case, you could see some very stark shifts in public opinions just over the course of, uh, you know, uh, four months. Now, in the case of this, you could see it would allow you to discover if your brand is doing better with customers, your brand is eroding, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, and why? A good example of this is I was working with an office staff a few years ago that uh, we did a survey about, you know, interacting with people, how you like our service and everything. Yeah. And we got overwhelmingly information back saying they don't answer emails. Well, I immediately coached, that's got to change. Right. So it was interesting to do three or four surveys over about three or four years on this same topic yeah. and hit back and watch the uh, the pleasure with the response time go up. Oh, nice. And eventually you want to be able to see that. And by doing a survey with a, a few questions that are the same, yeah. if not the exact same survey, you can watch those trend lines, know how your people are handling customers better, uh, know how your company is responding better. Yeah. And really that builds trust. And once a person trusts your company, or your organization, or your product, uh, they are going to typically stay with you for a long time. Well, and 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 one of the additional benefits of of conducting a customer survey is uh, just as a marketing strategy. For example, you mentioned Alaska Airlines. Just the fact that they're out there asking, they probably get you know a fraction of the people who they asked actually fill it out. But the fact that they do that and put it out there means they care enough to they want to know right exactly and we can learn from them their methodology is that when you land off of a flight yeah about 50 to 50 percent of the time i get a survey how was your flight yeah and some things that they do in their methodologies we're starting to talk about that are really interesting they will tell you would you answer four quick questions about your experience they always set expectations right up front right when I click that button, yes, I know what I'm getting into mm-hmm. and how long mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing it. You'll see this also with some others. Right. Would you give us three minutes to do a quick survey? So right. they're setting expectations. Yes. And one of the nice things about the Google product, and I think SurveyMonkey does this too, is you can see uh, how far you are into the survey and, and how far it is. Not necessarily how much time, but you can see that you're halfway through and and that sort of thing. Nothing more annoying to me than getting started on a survey, not having any idea how long it's going to take. Yes. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, what am I doing here? And I just, you know. So uh, here's a rule out. of thumb. If you're <clears throat> surveying your own downline, yeah, your own company, it's your okay own customers, to, yeah. No, 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 not customers. I'm talking about your employees. Oh, Let's okay. say you're surveying your employees. Yeah. Ask all the questions you want, and you can tell your employees you have to fill this right, out. Right, 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 right. If you're talking about a customer. Yeah. 
it's their option. And yeah. so you want to make it clear, simple, and easy. And it would be better to get the data through surveys over two to three different surveys right. than try to cram them all into one that's going to take forever. Right, right. Yeah. That That's a good point, yeah. So let's talk about questions specifically then. So uh, one of the questions, we've uh, helped uh, one of our clients, a law firm, conduct surveys over time. And one of the things that they wanted to know is, how did you hear about us? Yeah. How'd you find us? Why'd you walk in our door? Yeah. So that that's good because we can have a hypothesis, but until we get some, you know, some feedback, uh, and we can compare that data to other data, mar- marketing data that we have, where we have attribution through the website and things like that. But it's really important to just ask people because their perception of how they heard about you might be completely different than what you heard. For example, most of your clients might be coming to you through personal referrals, yet your data shows that Google is number one. Turns out they're getting a personal referral and then Googling your name and then finding you, for example. Exactly. And so you can kind of narrow those down when you think about it. You know, one is through our website, one through referrals, yes, uh, one through other clients or people who do the same thing we do. You can kind of get a feel for that. Yep. And then you usually want to offer that other option now, right, if you're right. building this, I want to just caution you, if you do other, you want to limit how many characters they can write. Oh, yeah. Because some people who will always fill out a survey are people who are upset. And if you don't limit the answer, they will go on and on and on and on. So you want to give them a chance to say, oh, no, it wasn't that. Right. It was this. But don't give them just unlimited writing space. Right, right. So... Uh, so one of the questions is, how did you hear about us? Um, or uh, And then uh, the other question is uh, that we look at is, why did you pick us? Yes. So that that could be relevant to any organization. And in your mind, it may be one thing mm-hmm. as a business owner or a you know, leader of an organization. You may be thinking, well, they like the, you know, they like the team or whatever. And it might have just been because you had the best prices, or you were the most convenient, exactly. right? So those are the types of things. So why did you pick us? Now, I would encourage you to sit down with a few members of your team and you know, kind of brainstorm this out. Um, you know, there's no uh, particular formula for this. Uh, if you're a client of ours, or you'd like to be a client of ours, we can certainly help you uh, do this. This is a service that we provide as well. But it really makes sense to kind of whiteboard it out, brainstorm it out, um, sleep on it for a few days, come back to it, and um, and then you know go ahead and proceed. So a couple other questions, uh, and these are sort of like the questions that we're asking about right now. In this particular case, these were like multiple choice or uh, a particular choice. It's not like a range, right? right. So. There are other questions that we're going to ask folks that are arranged, like on a scale of one to five, five being highly likely, how uh, likely are you to recommend us to your friends, for example? And you can build those into surveys. Uh, And as you're building the surveys with your team, you need to acknowledge and be very honest how much insider language does your business or organization use. Mm. And you need to avoid insider language. Okay. 
if you use it in the office all the time and it's just the way you guys talk, depending on how your business organization functions, yep. remember that some of your customers you're interviewing may have only had one engagement with you. Right. And they don't know that insider language. So you got to make sure it's really understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, read it to your spouse. Right. Ask a friend that doesn't work with you. Right. Hey, could you fill this survey out for me? Right. And of course, this goes without saying, but needs to be said. Mobile friendly, mobile friendly, mobile friendly. If it's not, uh, oh yeah, simply it's yeah. not going to work. Yep. So you've got the the types of questions that we've started with are: How did you hear about us? Why did you pick us? Um, and then we're going on to some of the more uh, deeper questions about um, how likely are you to um, refer us to a friend. Now, there is something called the Net Promoter Score. Um, you can look into that. We're really not talking about applying that uh, per se. That is a, a very specific tool that's used for uh customer surveys in larger organizations on an ongoing basis. I don't think it's relevant for most of our customers to actually uh, promote or use Net Promoter Score. I think there's, just because the sample rates are so low, that I think it's not really going to give us uh, anything that's really indicative. I think I'd rather have, how likely are you to recommend us? One, two, three, four, five, five being the most likely. Um, And then... um, so what other questions would I be looking to ask for um, as an organization before we get to sort of the fill in the blank type of questions? So before we get to that, are there other sort of multiple choice questions you like to ask? Sometimes I want to know the demographic of the people filling Oh, for out, sure. Yeah. Right? So if yeah. I'm, uh, for example, if I'm Walmart yeah. and I'm trying to get information on customers that have recently visited, it makes a difference if they brought their kids with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, did you come to the store alone or did you have, you know, and give ABC which one fits your description best and let people pick that? Because I want to know some demographic information. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're like a, a business organization like Business Networking International, yeah. you're going to want to find out a little bit of that demographic information. For sure. Yeah. Another one is location information. Right. You know, are you an immediate access person or did you drive a distance mm-hmm. to be with us mm-hmm. and finding out you know are you within one mile of our right. uh, business are you within five miles are you within a hundred miles right is also good yeah now the other thing is in doing a lot of virtual work you would think the location's not as important right but we've actually got some clients and friends that are in businesses that have been amazed that their biggest sales are coming from out of state that they were never marketing to before. Right. And they now have a whole new clientele Mm -hmm. because they started thinking more virtually than physically. So you want to, don't limit yourself on that. Right. That's a good, good point. Uh, Another question, maybe something along the lines of um, how often do you purchase products or services like ours? Is it something that you rarely think about? Are you, um, you know, are you thinking about this all the time? Um, it's, uh, you know, that may not be relevant to your business, but that might also be some, uh, bit of information, uh, that you would want. The other thing that I was thinking about would be, um, who are your taste makers or who do you look for, for influence? So you might want to say, do you watch any of these shows? For example, just out of, just to kind of get a sense of, 
not that you're going to advertise on those shows, but just to get a sense of where they're coming from um, in terms of their own uh, personal uh, choices and tastes and uh, things like that. So one of the rules when you're formulating these questions yeah. is don't ask a question that you're not prepared to process the information. Right. A lot of times people get a little sideways creating a survey and they'll ask uh, a question mm-hmm. that forces their staff to deal with information and answers they really don't want right. to deal with. And so be really careful about that and don't ask so much that people are going to take forever to fill it out, yes, but take forever to figure it out right. when you're done. It's a common mistake we see with businesses. They ask questions that are sideways and not pointed and clear. Yeah. And now once they get that, they have to say, oh, admin staff, you're going to take the next week and a half to just muddle through all this right. and figure it out. Right. So ask clear questions that are simple. And, and and I guess going back to the questions, you know, the things that I really do want to know in any organization is how likely are you to recommend us uh, and uh, questions along those lines. And then, Pete, you have a favorite question. I do. You like to ask. I do. And I'm saying a favorite intentional because what you're going to talk about isn't a or the. Right. What is it? Well, it's uh, one thing. So it's the one thing question. Uh, What's one thing you liked about your last experience with us? What's one thing you liked about uh, our brand? What's one thing we could do better? Mm -hmm. And you'll notice Pete isn't saying what's the thing or the number one thing, yep. he's saying one thing, which really it creates a uh, focus, but a relief. When I get asked what's the one thing, man, right? I'm just going to sit and think about forever. Yeah. But if you ask me to just share one thing, oh. And interestingly enough, most of the time when you ask it that way, guess what you get? Yeah. You get the one thing. Right. But because you're not asking it that way, it frees people's mind to think more freely and openly about answering the question. Right, and they and I think the other thing that happens is if it's one thing, you know, a lot of times when we answer a question, we're trying to sound smart and, uh, you know, intelligent. So we're going to temper our response based on what we think the person who asked the question is going to think about our answer. And in this case, it's one thing that's it. It's what's one thing. I learned about this uh, in the networking group that I'm a part of, Business Networking International. When we have a visitor, it's the question we ask at the end of the meeting, we go around and we have a I have moment. And when we get to the visitors, we say, what's one thing you liked about the meeting today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't say, what did you think about the meeting? Because that could go in a million directions, right? Yes. Positive and negative. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's what's one thing you liked about the meeting. It keeps it concise and short, too. And by the way, that inverse works as well. And some of you in your companies want to ask this question, what's one thing we could improve on? Oh, yeah. Uh, and oh, you're absolutely. not asking them to give you 20 things. You're yeah. saying, give us one thing we can improve on. Now, when you do that, and let's say you're surveying 250 customers or clients, notice and pay attention how many times the one thing that they're sharing is repeated by other people. Yeah. Now you know you have an area you need to work on. Right. But also on the inverse, when you say what's one thing that you really liked or something, one thing that we did well, yeah. and you get repetitive there, 
no, here's a strength we have. Right. And play to your strengths. Right. Yeah, you want to shore up weaknesses, but remember, play to your strengths because yeah. uh, your strength is probably one of the reasons that they're with you. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and the 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 one thing we could do better. That's actually uh, a, a variation of that is something that I have in our uh, annual um, employee surveys that we conduct. Yeah. So, um, as part of a annual review process, it's one one. It, what's one thing? And I believe I heard about this. The one thing from Marcus Buckingham, who is a uh, really good at talking about uh, employee interaction, staff, and building a team and that sort of thing. So Now, you're going to have to get the survey out. And yes. You need to yep. get it to people. Yeah. Yep. So we want to talk about that a little bit. Usually you have a MailChimp account or some yep. kind of emailing. If you don't, by the way, you need to work with somebody like Bismarck and get, get you Build set up Build a on list that, of right? your customers, yeah. So, but yep. emailing and requesting that information from mm-hmm. somebody. Now, usually this is not everybody on that list. It could be. Uh, but usually I use surveys when a portion of my list has engaged us in some way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want to say, okay, these 100 people, yeah. uh, you know, maybe they listened to our podcast during the season of, you know, Right, uh, your COVID adjustments, right? Yeah. So we want to ask them specifically a set of questions. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to divide that out. So email's one way to do that, targeted to everybody right. or to a subset. Right, and if you've got if you've if you're looking to do like an annual customer survey, um, you may just ask your whole customer list. If you do not have uh, your existing customers in an email. Uh, program of some sort, for example, MailChimp or some others, and we can help you with that. Um, you, it, It's an absolute must. We've talked about it before in the beginning of the COVID crisis uh, about how communicating with your clients is super important. So you must do that. One of the things that I also recommend, though, is not just doing a one-and-done email. So um, you may want to consider some type of incentive Mm-hmm. for folks to fill it out. One of the things uh, that we could steal a lesson from is Donors Choose, where that's an organization that funds uh, classrooms, uh, projects in classrooms, and they're, um, they're, they're very successful because folks decide uh, what their donation goes to. So you could say, for example, hey, if you fill this survey out, we've got three um, charities and you can pick one of those and we'll donate, you know, a certain amount of money in to that charity. So you could have that pre-selected, probably the easiest way to do it, but they still feel like they have some say in where the money goes. They, maybe they're pet lover, maybe they want to help a food shelter or a, you know, a food bank, um, or a homeless shelter or, you know, whatever it is, but that's one way to do it. The other way is just a, a blatant, um, you know, a gift card from to Starbucks or something like that. You could also do that as yeah, well. Shout out to Starbucks in case you guys want to underwrite our podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, emails are one way to do it. You can also put a link on the website, not necessarily the best, by the way, right? Uh, unless you're trying to glean information from just random. But I kind of have a rule. If it's everybody's, it's nobody's. Yeah. So like if you walk in your office, you have 20 people and say, hey, somebody do this. 
that means nobody's going to do it because yeah. until you identify. So uh, we want to encourage you not to think that linking on your website is a good way to do no. a survey. You're not going to get the targeted audience. Well, yeah, and let me go back to one other thing. So when you're sending out an email, um, we found through our work with our customers, through our clients, that we typically have to send it out three times, and we have to set a deadline on it as well. Mm -hmm. So we say, hey, we've got this survey. It's closing on the 20th of August. So we'll send it out at the beginning of August. Then we'll send a reminder in between and then the right the last you know the, the 24 hours before the thing closes we'll send a final 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 and that gets some people off the dime because they let it sit in their inbox i would do the same thing right exactly. so so you want to plan a campaign don't just plan to send one email because you are definitely not going to get the kind of response rate uh that you're looking for um and you're definitely wanting to get i would ex i think it's fair to expect you know as long as it's uh, not a huge survey. Let's say you start with 10 questions and you're asking your current customer base, you should expect to get at least a 10% response rate. Yeah, if you're not getting that, then uh, you're not doing it in a way that is generating enthusiasm from your client base right. to do that. Some other things to remember is you do want to identify, is this an anonymous survey or are we asking for their identity? Right. Uh, for example, if you're asking, if you're uh, an organization, a school, a church that's trying to find out, uh, did somebody contract COVID-19 or right. something while they're with us? Yeah. Uh, you may want to allow that to be anonymous. Sure. Because uh, that's personal. So you want to think that through. Right. But the other thing you want to think through uh, that a lot of people miss is almost every survey tool lets you decide how the survey ends. In other words, when I finish the last question, where do I go? Right. And you can actually send it to you can send them to your website. Right. You can send them to a specific landing page that says, Hey, thank you so much for filling this out. Your input is important. Mm -hmm. Or you can just generate an on screen part of the survey. But you do have right. that kind of control. Well and um, one of the other things you can do is you could say uh, something like, for example, if you're doing a, a you know, choose your donation site, you could say Something like, uh, if you'd like to know, you know, how it's stacked up, uh, give us your email address and we'll shoot you an email and let you know how many we got for each of the programs and how much we donated, right? And the other one is, some people may have specific concerns that they want addressed, and in that case, you definitely want to give people an option to put their name and email address there, but you also want to... Uh, say, may do we have permission to follow up with you, or would you like somebody to follow up with you? Be prepared to do that as well. Don't just ignore those. You have to have somebody assigned. So before you even push go on the first email, uh, you've got to have somebody assigned to actually monitor this thing and be prepared to just get in the weeds and get the details. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be you know uh, hugely time consuming, but just have it assigned to a person to follow up and at least find out what the details are. They don't necessarily have to fix it if there was something wrong, but at least have them ready to get the details. Yeah, and going back to Alaska Airlines. Yeah. Because I get a lot, I do more surveys for them than anybody else. Alaska Airlines uh, has asked me virtually every flight, and I am the person that every now and then will say, this did not go well, and I would appreciate a phone call about it. 
Mm-hmm. And every time they have called me within the time that they have said they would. Wow. Uh, usually it's 24 to 48 hours. One of our customer representatives will give you a call and see if they can satisfy that issue. And they're prepared to satisfy it. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean I'm getting things for free. Right. It means they're willing to explain what they did. Uh, make sure you're not promising something you can't deliver right. on is the point. Right. And the other thing is just to remember that uh, this year we've gotten to watch Alaska Airlines do a really good job of surveying and responding to their clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're asking, you know, what are your concerns in this year, in the future? And all kinds of people are frequent flyers said, you know, we're concerned about having to cancel flights with no refunds or not being able to adjust the schedule if the flight has changed. And based on that information, guess what they did? They adjusted their business model. Mm. And so that's really what you're doing when you do a right. survey. Right. You're asking your clients to give input that is going to help you shape, refine, and model how you're going to engage your customers. Mm. And it can only help you. Right. So yeah, surveys can be a really good way to find things out. Exactly. Well, that's uh, great to have you with us today, Goldman. And um, this was a very enlightening discussion. The one thing I do want to add is um, once you collect all the data, you need to have somebody on your team actually compile it and then present it to the team. So you're actually not just burying it. I've seen cases where companies have done surveys and done nothing with them. So the first step of doing something with it, once you've collected the data, is to actually, you know, get somebody to get a, a, a PowerPoint or a slide deck put together and compile the results, just make some simple graphs with the data and begin to explore what it means. It's, it, it may be maybe confusing the first time you do this. Again, if, uh, if you need help with that, we can certainly help. Uh, it's one of the things we do for organizations. But you've got to let the team, the leadership team, of the business know what's happening and uh, good or bad, you know. Mm-hmm. What uh, are the people saying? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key. So you can get better, uh, especially in this day and age when you're not seeing people as much face-to-face. Uh, this is really important. So again, thank you for uh, joining me today, Chris, and uh, this was very helpful. Look forward to chatting with everybody again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.